Welcome back to Worship Weekly. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Most importantly, share Worship Weekly with someone else this week. This week's message is Learn to Give. Scriptures start at Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30. But first, Miss Marianne Lofton will sing Broken World. Jenny's got more money than she's got money. Works three jobs, she's barely getting by. Bob got word his mom's been told it's cancer. So many questions, and all of them ask why. We're living in a broken world, and a broken world won't give you any answers. Everything is upside down. Wrong is right, and right is wrong, but not for long. No, not for long. This broken world is crazy. Surprise. Someday all this hurting will be over. Every tear's been wiped away and dried. But for now, we're living in a broken Every tears they wipe away and dry. 
kind of preaching message this morning. Honoring God with our tithes and offerings. That's the only way the church can keep it going. We've got to give. And you don't need to be a chinchy giver. Giver, you need to learn to give. The Lord Jesus Christ, he'll bless you for it. If you'll ever learn to give. And I just pray, God, that we'll all listen. And that we'll all respond to the gospel of giving. Father, open our hearts and our minds that we'll understand about giving and we'll do the best we can as what you give us. And we'll thank you for it, for it's in Jesus' sweet name. We ask this, amen. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 36 says, underline that, and all the tide of the land, whether it be of seed of the land, of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. So we find out here that everything belongs to God. We don't own nothing. It all belongs to God. And so we need to start learning how to give the Lord. A trial of a trail of giving and tithing is revealed in God's word. The paying of tithes originated with Abraham in Genesis chapter 14, verse 20 on the line there. In your Bible, at the time, I won't have time to read all these scriptures, but I'm going to give them to you. Secondly, the tithe was promised by Jacob in Genesis chapter 28, verse 22. Third thing, the tithe was practiced by Israel and the tribe of Levitic Levi. Numbers 18, verse 24 through 26. The next thing is the tithe was commanded by the Lord through the prophet Malachi. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through 10. Verse, the third, the, the paying of tithes was commanded by Christ in Matthew 23. 23, God commanded us to tithe. He wanted us to give. He wants you to be blessed by giving. And if you'll give, he'll bless you. If you don't give, you won't be blessed like you ought to be blessed. So I'd say to you that you need, if you haven't ever had, give, that you start giving and learn how to give. And it'll, it'll bless you. That's what it's all about, giving. When God blesses you, you bless him. In 23 of Matthew, 23, 23, underline, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites with you, pay tithes of men and, and, and come in and have omitted the way the matter of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. There ought to be, you have done, and not to leave the other undone. And this, you pay tithes. You pay tithe on this. That's what that means, A-N-I-S-C on the line that. That you pay tithe. And you just you just need to learn how to pay tithe. And if you don't, you're not going to do a whole lot for Jesus during your lifetime. The basis of tithe is taught in God's Word. Number one, because God is owner of all things, and paying a tithe is a means of... Uh, Recognizing God's ownership 
of everything. In Leviticus 27, 30, 32, Psalm 24, 1 and 2, you find that that God owns everything. And we only give a, a tithe. Oh, I wish I could ring that in that verse's heart to learn how to tithe. You sure need to learn how to tithe. If you don't tithe, God won't bless you. And everybody can tithe. I've seen people tithe. They didn't have anything but they tithe. Second thing, God, because God commands that we tithe. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. And tithing proves man's obedience and love for God. The third thing, because there are many things of great importance that depend upon the paying of tithes and offerings of God's people. I had to shut a church down. Not a building and stayed there for 43 years. And it's still there, the building. But the people got so doggone lazy and tired that they didn't want to tithe. They was tithing when I went there. I had one man that I led to Christ years ago that was taking care of the church for a year for me. While I was there, he said, I believe it's going to come back alive. I said, I don't know. We'll see. And they built a little congregation up pretty fair. And then all of a sudden, the people that was there stopped tithing. And I kept telling them, I said, if you don't tithe, we can't keep the bills paid. If you don't tithe, we can't keep coming. I was driving 130 miles on Saturday evening, me and my wife knocking a few doors on Saturday, slept in the church parsonage, a church prophet's chamber that I built in one of the buildings. And we had showers and bathrooms, kitchen and everything. And me and my wife slept in it. on Saturday night, I'd preach Sunday morning, Sunday night. And sometime we'd go home after church Sunday night. Sometime we'd stay there and go home Monday morning. But a lot of times I went home Sunday night to get home, sleep in my own bed. But I want you to know that the people just quit tithing. They was tithing. And one lady was giving some money every month. And I appreciate it. She bought a new car. And her daughter quit tithing. She was taking care of the money and putting the money in church for me. And she done good for the first year. When that other man was taking care of the bills, he was giving me money. I prayed one Sunday morning about 6 o'clock. And uh, I said, Lord, we need a couple thousand dollars to buy insurance. That church ain't got no insurance. That man let it drop. I don't want to pass this church without insurance. Somebody gets hurt or sue you and you get everything you got. And I don't have much. And uh, Sunday after I preached, Sunday morning, I was at a church and fixed to close up. And I heard somebody ask, where's Brother Jackson? And somebody told me, said, he's still in church, fixed to come out. And he walked to church and said, let's go to your office. He went in the office and he shut the door behind me and locked it. And I thought that man was going to chew me out. He chewed me out one time, good. Because a black man come there with a little white girl. And he said he wouldn't go to church anymore. He quit going with me with a black and white. But I didn't fall out for him. I still love him, and he still loved me. And he come in there, and he said, Anthony. And I told him, I said, you ain't come in and chew me out, are you? Because if you did, I'm going to chew you out, because you ain't going to chew me out no more, like you chewed me last time. 
And he laughed. He said, no, I didn't come and hit you yet. I was praying this morning at 6 o'clock. And God told me to bring you a check and give you some money. Y'all needed us, yeah. That preacher left the church broke and took everything they had. After I let him use the church for three years, practically give it to him. And he run off everybody. Got on prescription drugs and blew the church apart. And I said, I'm just now trying to get it back together. I don't know if I can get it back together, but God want me to try. And he said, well, here's your check. He looked at I looked at the check, and I said, put it in my pocket. I said, thank you, brother, for that check. I said, $350 do us no good. I said, we ain't got none in the bank anyway. And I'll have it put in that Monday morning. He said, you better look at that check again. I pulled it out and started crying. I looked at it again. It was $3,500. And he didn't even come to my church. And I got up and crying. He started crying. I hugged his neck. I told him I love him. And I sat down in my chair. And we held hands over my desk. And we prayed. And he said, I'm going to give you three more $500 checks. After that, I'm going to cut them off. I said, you do whatever God lays in your heart. He said, well, I got tithe money I've been saving. And that's tithe money I got some of it. I don't give it to you see anybody no more. So I thanked him for it. And I gave it to the church Sunday night. My grandson was taking up the money. He liked it flipped. He seen that church check. And he said, Brother Jackson. And I said, yes, sir, we'll have insurance tomorrow. Because I'm going to buy it. I bought it in the Ruston, Louisiana. Church was in Johnson City, Arkansas. And I bought the insurance that Monday morning, $2,000. And we had $1,500 to go to church. And the next three months, he gave me $500. And then after that, he gave me some more money. He kept, he took care of us for a year, paying the bills, putting butane in. And never asked for a dime. We prayed for so yes, and that man was a blessing to me because I run him for the Lord. When I started that church about 40, 50 years ago, and they still saved. But I want to tell you this, he was glad I, I led him to Christ, he got saved. He ain't ever forgot me, and to this day, and this day, I can call him and tell him I need a little help. And he'd send me some money if I'd ask him. He got the church back for me when they were looking for a pastor. He called me back here, got the people to, because I built that church. And I appreciate it. So I want you to know that you need to tithe. I had to shut that church down because the people stopped tithing. And that woman that bought that new car, daughter bought a good used, late bottle, used car, and come to church and show it and all. But she wouldn't tithe, she wouldn't tithe. I got in the pulpit one Sunday morning. Said something, I said, Y'all bought tithe, y'all bought you some new cars. And I said, But you quit tithing. And I said, That ain't right. God's going to get a hold of you up hard for you. And then my grandson got mad at me. And he got, he got out of church. I just kidding. But he forgave me later. And he's doing fine right now in another church. 
he's working in that church. But it broke my heart because I told him, I said, if you wouldn't have ever said that to no two ladies, it'd have been all right. God took care of him. I've done this more one time. God's always taken care of me. I went back to people's house on Saturday morning. And I was going to talk to them, but neither one of them was there. But they was there somewhere. In church, I didn't lose them. And one of them's the husband's mama died. And he called me down in Pineville, Louisiana, and asked me to come up there and bury her. And I did that. They still respect me. They still respect me today, and I love them. They're good people. And that's one of those things. But you need to die. I try to get that lady to see that. I might have said it the wrong way when I said that, pulled the name out of church, but a lot of times that help people. Anyway, God took care of everything. Thirdly, the manner in which God's people are to support God's work. Negatively, John chapter 2, verse 13 through 17. Not by sales or soup, suppers, and eating, just them trying to raise money for the church. This gives the sinner the wrong impression. There's more harm than good about the church. And I never did do that. If we had something to eat at church, we'd give it away. I never charged for it. Not by begging on the streets, asking a gay sale, or a handout. I've never asked lost people to help the church. Never went on the streets begging, not a beggar. I belong to Jesus. Jesus called me the pastor. He'll take care of me. I know that. But he gave that church the last chance. And they didn't take it. They just quit tithing. My daughter was giving. And I was driving and getting, wasn't getting nothing out of it. For about three and a half years or three years, I tried to help them. And I couldn't do nothing with them. It just wasn't the same bunch that I had. Those preachers are sick. After me, just run off everybody. And the wrong doctrine coming to church. A lot of people I led to Christ said they got saved when they was kids. And I told them, you don't know what you're talking about. And I told them, I said, y'all listen to the wrong preacher. And he fixed to run off with a woman in church, married woman. And uh, her mama stopped that. Thank God. To have God's blessing, we must do his work in his prescribed way. We would not think of changing the mode of baptism, would you? Christian giving is one thing. Grace is Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 and verse 6 and 7. Christian giving can only be done by Christians. Second Corinthians 5, 8, Romans 8, 8. Christian giving is for all Christians, rich or poor. 2 Corinthians 8, 1 and 3, verse 13 through 15. Mark chapter 12, verse 41 44. Fourth thing, Christian giving is a test of sincerity and love. 2 Corinthians 8, 8. Fifth, Christian giving should be proportioned to the income. 2 Corinthians 8, is right. Whatever you make, if you make $100 a week, you give $10 a week. If you make a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars a week, you give ten, twenty dollars a week. It's just what you make. 
It's what you give over. Not what you want to do. And you can give more. But you ought to give not less what your income is. That's somebody that make fifty dollars a week is five dollars a week. That's just as good as one ten dollars a week. Five dollars no good. Six Christian giving should be systematically performed. First Corinthians sixteen, one and two. Christian giving should be systematically performed. When people give to the church, church ought to give account of it. Have a record of it. And actually have a month we used to give a report of what we took in, what we spent, what we got left. That's the way it's supposed to be done. But all your churches don't do that anymore. I'm in a church right now and don't do it. That used to do it, but don't do it anymore. I want to ask you, would you give of yourself tonight? Would you give yourself? If you don't know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, would you respond to the gospel tonight and get saved? I want to say a little prayer with you if you'd listen. Pray with me, if you will. Bow your head and close your eyes. And ask Jesus to forgive you your sins. And ask him to come in your heart and save you. Tell him you open the door of your heart as you come in and save him. And then claim that salvation. And then you'll be different. Heavenly Father, if there's one here that's praying to get saved, show him the right way. Let him have confidence in it. Let him know that he got saved. Let him start living for Jesus. We'll thank you for it. We'll give you the praise and honor for it. For it's in Jesus' sweet name we ask this. Amen. This is Reverend Danny Jackson from the First Faith Baptist Church in Rogan, Louisiana. Talking to travelers on the radio. We'll let y'all know that you need to get saved if you're not saved. And if you are saved, you need to go to church. And if you don't go to church, you ought to be shaming yourself.